kids get to popcorn now. Let me tell you the story of the space viking. Thor Odinson. He was no ordinary man. He was a god. After saving planet Earth for the 500th time, Thor set off on a new journey. Well, he got in shape. He went from dad bod to god bod. And after all that, he reclaimed his title as the one and only Thor. Oh, spoke too soon. Jane? Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Weekly Real Podcast. My name is Jeremy. And my name is Ken. And we're going to be talking about Thor, Love and Thunder. Actually, my most anticipated movie of the year besides The Batman. And let's see if it lived up to the hype. But before we get into that, I want to introduce uh, a familiar face to the show. Joe Ash is back. Huge Marvel fan. Hey, guys. What's up? I'm glad to be back. Yeah, Joe Ash was last seen and last heard on our Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness so uh, episode. So check that episode out if you aren't caught up on our MCU uh, coverage. And so he did such a really good job here. Well, in truth, we actually had someone else lined up, but then, uh, you know, scheduling did uh, kind of fall through. But Joe Ash's uh, came in through, uh, came in in the clutch, I should say. It's okay. I'm a pinch hitter. Yeah. <laughs> yes he is yes he is and so um yeah we were we were originally looking to see if we could get some fresh perspectives but you know what joash you're still probably the most knowledgeable mcu uh friend that i know and what? so no. um yeah eric fox knows more modest. <laughs> it's true eric he Fox's, does have those breakdowns you know, yeah <laughs> he, we consider him a friend yeah you know him eric <laughs> yeah eric kevin knows right. more But uh, Joe, uh, just so that uh, our audience can get reacquainted with you, uh, I did want to ask you this question. Uh, It's kind of similar to some of the questions that Jeremy has recently been asking some of our guests. And so, Joe Ash, which movie genre is your least favorite and why? Least favorite. That's a good question. Uh, I would say (laughs) probably... uh, uh horror in a way but okay that for me there's a there's like a line between like thriller and horror like straight yeah. up like for example i love stranger things uh mm-hmm. but like stuff like uh <laughs> i don't know i'm not really into stuff like uh what, like the conjuring what, like ex- yeah stuff like, like conjuring, that yeah. exorcist yeah stuff, stuff like, like that. that yeah yeah okay uh, but, so like the really the thriller genre is a little bit more up your alley versus like some of the more like horror genre like yeah uh, over the like Halloween demonic. yeah yeah denom- uh, demonic you know Freddy Krueger Nightmare yeah. on Elm Street something like <laughs> yeah, that yeah stuff like that yeah but uh, okay yeah I love Stranger Things though okay okay I can see that I, you know what I think you and I have kind of that whole thing I mean I'm starting to kind of incorporate a little bit more horror because of this uh, this podcast you know again jeremy and i like started this podcast so we could expand our horizons and yeah. so i want to say I, 
in, in terms of genres that I, I, com- I completely agree with you. How about you, Jeremy? Just out of curiosity. Well, what's my least favorite? Least favorite genre, yeah. Oh, man. You know, I wouldn't say I don't like watching it. Maybe it's just I don't, I rarely seek it out. Is actually the fantasy genre. Oh, I there rarely you go. seek yeah, it. And it's not that I don't like it. It's just I, for some reason, it's like food. I don't really uh, like Mediterranean food, maybe. It's like I'll eat it, I like it, but I don't necessarily seek it out all the time. What? Mediterranean food is amazing. I know. I didn't. I didn't say it wasn't. <laughs> I'm just saying like that. But he I won't like actively it. seek it. He'll like if you suggest it. It's like all right. Yeah, it's like I'll a go. craving. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. I could see that. We. I think we have those genres too. Like for me, it would be. I think it would be horror. I, I want to say like <laughs> I'll watch a good horror film, but it's not like I'll actively seek it. Like I think the closest I've come recently is uh, maybe even Black Phone. But even then, see, I haven't, st- I still haven't seen it yet. So that should tell you like how what links I'll I would go to watching a horror film. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree with you guys though. Uh, oh. But let's actually jump into our podcast ritual to get to know what you actually view on a kind of weekly basis. Uh, so you can mention a notable movie or show that you watched in the last week. Ken, you wanna go first? Yeah, I wanted to kind of. Okay, so I I think I've been I think I had a conversation offline with uh, someone else. Uh, I think it may have been actually with uh, Joash's fiance. It was over a text uh, on a group text, and we're talking about how um, we're watching like just random stuff like Stranger Things. Uh, Joash mentioned that, and and I was um, I think t- uh, mentioning that I've been watching a lot of really dark, heavy-handed content lately, and it's still continuing. And so I actively went out of my way to watch on Disney plus the Baymax uh, series. And it's like basically a bunch of animated shorts. Uh, I think they have, I don't know if it's like the full season that's out. I haven't really done any uh, deep research on it, but without even trying, I've watched four episodes cause they're only about 10 minutes long. And uh, dude, it would just would bring me back to uh, big hero six and, I don't know. I just love Baymax, even though like some of the episodes are structured very similarly, but it's like they take place over different uh, situations. So uh, I recommend it if you're a big, big Hero 6 uh, fan and a fan of Baymax. Yeah. Dude, like I've been trying to watch that show for a while. I forgot that it came out. And then so I'm glad you reminded me, though. Yeah, dude, it, uh, no time commitment. <laughs> Again, without trying, it had kind of had it in the background, but I would get glued every time I'd see Baymax on my TV. And then it was only like a 40-minute 40, 40 time commitment for four episodes so far. Mm, that's nice. How about you, yeah. Joe? All right, so um, I've been kind of re-watching this, like the spin-off series uh, coming off of uh, Better Call Saul. Uh, like it's called Breaking Bad. I think it's kind of, it's pretty good, you know. <laughs> uh, that I, uh, took me for a loop. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really good spinoff show. I I really like it. Uh, and uh, in all seriousness, like, of course, it's one of the greatest shows ever. But uh, like I'm on the, uh, I'm on the final season currently, and um. I just rewatching the Ozymandias episode and oh. uh, yeah, 
It's one of the best Man. episodes of uh, television. That and the Dead Freight episode. Um, oh. Yeah. Along with Face Off and a lot of, a lot of other, so many great, great things. And, you know, there's a reason that uh, it's regarded as one of the greatest shows or uh, maybe the greatest show ever. So um, if anyone hasn't seen it, I just highly recommend it. <laughs> so mm, I'm infamously, I know Ken's about to say, Jeremy, have you continued yet? Um, yeah, I was going to ask. Okay, you read my mind. Yeah, uh, Ken, <laughs> I told you where I was, right? Like when Jesse's at the door and... yeah. Uh, oh, you're still there, yeah, huh? Yeah, I haven't continued from that point. What what end of that season was that? Was that two or three? Se- season three. Season yeah, three. that's the end of season three, yeah. yeah okay. And uh, a lot of people think uh, season four is the best out of the series. Mm. And some people will say that uh, that season five is the best of the series. Okay. Damn. So it gets better. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. It gets, yeah, it gets better. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I got, I definitely got to catch up on that show. Not catch up, but I got to watch yeah. the rest. <laughs> yeah. I think so. I mean, cause I'm going to do a rewatch in about what, five weeks or so after better call Saul finishes. Um, Jer- Joe Ash isn't caught up. Jeremy hasn't started, so I won't give any uh, spoilers here. But as because uh, I think I don't know, we're all speculating to see if when Better Call Saul finishes, it potentially basically leads it right into Breaking Bad. So yeah. um, I, I for me, just timeline wise, I, I just want to do an, one last uh, rewatch of Breaking Bad just so I can get the whole um, timeline of that universe yeah. going. Mm. So I can't wait. I wonder right. how many times the actress for uh, oh sorry, <laughs> no, it's all good. Go ahead. The actress for Kaylee Ehrman Trout has uh, has changed from Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, uh, it's it's kind of floated around. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, I'm actually I also watched another TV show. It's called The Terminal List, starring Chris Pratt on Amazon Prime. It's nice. um it's pretty interesting so far. It's like a kind of a military mystery kind of. So mm-hmm. like his mission goes wrong and uh, then he has to come back home. So but then he also is kind of dealing with PTSD. So he kind of has to either like unravel the mystery of why the mission went wrong or if it went wrong. You know what I mean? So it's kind of mm-hmm. yeah, things are kind of jumbled up. It's a pretty interesting show so far. Uh, I wouldn't say it's like, oh, super action-packed or whatever. It's very much a slow burn type of show. Mm. Okay. Wow, Chris Pratt. Um, I guess being yeah, he's invested in Amazon Prime, huh? With yeah. uh, the Tomorrow War mm-hmm. and this yeah. now. Yeah, very military <laughs> Chris Pratt on, on everything in Amazon Prime. And then I think they came out with like Zero Dark Thirty on, on Netflix now. So yeah. like, there he is, yeah. Chris Pratt again, playing yeah. the military uh-huh. guy. He's gonna be he's gonna be typecast. Yeah. <laughs> the terminal list is a uh, that's uh, separate from the the terminal with uh, Tom Hanks, right? That's different. Yeah, would, that is definitely so. different. <laughs> it's it's funny you mentioned that. I actually just recently watched the terminal because now it's that's on, Netflix, on uh, yeah. Netflix. I love that movie. It's, an it's one of my favorite. Movie, yeah. Tom. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. <laughs> Which I still need to check. I think you mentioned that Ken. Like early was it earlier this season? You told me to watch it. The terminal. It was. Yeah, it was something like that. I've been trying to get you to watch that movie for a while. It's on Netflix now. Yeah. Uh, with a bunch of other Tom Hanks movies. So Yeah, it floats around. Yeah. yeah. But last week, though, we actually watched a pretty interesting movie that we watched 
so well some of us watched it in theaters and some of us watched it online it's everything everywhere all at once and we actually ran a poll on that ken what was the poll for that movie i, I i'm gonna be tongue tied <laughs> with that yeah <laughs> yeah everything everywhere all at once uh well we uh we asked the audience a very uh, kind of a simple question but we kind of wanted to compare it with another multiverse movie so we asked which movie about the multiverse did you like more everything everywhere all at once or dr strange in the multiverse of madness and i guess i'm not surprised at the result i am surprised at how lopsided it was because 78 percent of the vote went to everything everywhere all at once and so uh for me i you know, going into this poll, I, I would have thought more of the MCU fans would have kind of evened out the vote a little bit more. I was thinking maybe it'd be like a 55-45 or a 60-40 split, but mm. nope. 78% to everything, everywhere, all at once. I mean, I'm not too surprised since uh, that movie got like a super high score, like in the 90s compared to Doctor Strange. So I'm not too surprised, but yeah, I'm a bit surprised maybe with the numbers of the Doctor yeah. Strange fans didn't come through, I guess. Yeah, I know. Or Wanda fans. Or Wanda fans. Because really, it was about Wanda. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But if you want to participate in our episode-related polls, you can check out our Instagram or Twitter. Uh, The polls go up every Tuesday. But today, we're not talking about Doctor Strange. We're going to be talking about Thor in Thor Love and Thunder. Uh, Spoiler warning right now. Go see the movie. It's out in theaters. And then come back. And listen to us and uh, talk about all the spoilers. Maybe not all the spoilers. We forget stuff. But talk spoilers on this show. Uh, So go watch it. So just a little quick recap. Thor is on a journey to find himself after Avengers Endgame. But things get complicated when he meets his ex-girlfriend, Jane Foster. And they have to fight Gore the God Butcher, who intends to make the gods extinct. All right. So, like I was saying, this movie was my most anticipated movie of the year besides The Batman. I'm definitely going to say whether or not it lived up to the hype. But the double feature where we ask one, well, me and Ken ask to come up with a question. We don't know where we're going to ask each other. And Josh is here, too, to answer those questions. My question that I want to bring to the double feature this week is, how did you feel about Christian Bale's gore. I have a follow-up question to that, too, but let's leave it at that. What are your opinions on Christian Bale's gore, Ken? Um, I actually liked it. I, I don't... Uh, I, I kind of wish that Taika Waititi didn't mention anything. Um, I think a few weeks before the, the premiere of the movie about how he thought that it was the best MCU villain. And even though I didn't really believe him... Uh, I just didn't like how he put it out there because it then will set up expectations and will only set him up for failure. That being said, um, I there were certain things that you know uh, that were bleh about Christian Bale as Gore the God Butcher. At times, some of his scenes I felt ran a little too long, um, and it felt a little boring. Even though I, I loved his look, especially in the Shadow Realm. Uh, and I, I did, I, and I'm all for like individualism where they, I think they were trying to avoid having him look similar to Voldemort, which is why they didn't like 
uh, t- chop off his nose mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but there were certain parts where I thought he really excelled. Uh, you could tell that he was channeling his inner Heath Ledger as, as Joker, in my opinion, in, in especially in the Shadow Realm. But uh, like his overall motivations i i it they were believable and i thought he stuck the landing at the very end when he had a kind of a change of heart so um yeah those are my thoughts Mm, okay my follow-up question giving joe actually a little bit more time to think uh where would you ballpark rank him in your mcu tier of villains (laughs) it's funny that was like my backup question yeah? (laughs) yeah um i would have him in the top dozen it's it's so, somewhere in the middle he's not he's definitely not in the uh if you know we're following joe ash's uh kind of ranking he's not in the top tier i think he's more in the second tier like middle bottom of t- uh, tier two something like that mm, okay so not not a thanos but more more of a i don't know red skull i don't know not like a uh, I, I, <laughs> definitely better than Caecilius. Um, okay. I, I I was like, who's I, I want to say, yeah, I, th- I feel like Red Red Skull's a pretty good comp. I want to say, I think I like them a little bit more than Red Skull, hmm. but right around there, I, I think that's a good one. Uh, maybe around Vulture. Okay, that's pretty good. That's pretty. Because you know, there's like, because uh, they're such good actors. He's like, oh, you, some some scenes you get some chills, uh, but really uh, like it, it is a little bit disappointing because he is the god butcher and it's like oh that was it you know what i mean i don't yeah. know uh if again expectations kind of ruined mm. uh my expectations kind of ruined like my thoughts on him as a, a as a villain but yeah i'd say about top dozen and vulture was a pretty good comp mm. uh, how about you better Joe? than malekith <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah what are you talking about malekith's at the top yeah, yeah. top three and he's not three and he's not two. <laughs> so, Joe, how do you feel? How do you actually feel about Christian Bale's gore? You know, I felt that he was a he was the gore that we needed, but not the gore that we deserved. <laughs> um, I, I love feel it. like it's the other way around. <laughs> oh, okay. If it should be, no, I'm saying like it, uh, in reality. Mm. He's the gore that that we deserved, not the gore that we needed. (laughs) Oh my god. It's too good. I got the reference. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I thought overall he was a... um, His performance overall was really good. Kristen Bales was. um, Although the... uh, I don't know, the directions, some of the directions that Taika gave to him, or the... uh, How do I put this? Some of the ways that maybe... He directed him to play the character or um, his path to becoming Gore and the path throughout the movie. Some of that stuff I may not agree with, but as far as Christian Bale's performance itself was very good. Um, mm. Like, there's nothing wrong with Christian Bale. <laughs> so, um, but as uh, like ranking him as a villain, um, I'd say uh, might be maybe top 10 top 11 something like that um and uh you know i put him around the same uh the same ranking maybe a little bit of ahead of red skull but that's about it uh, you know um 
I'd say Vulture for sure is better, I think, in my opinion. But mm. uh, just because of his... It, it felt more real and relatable as far as his struggles. But, I mean, how are we supposed to relate with someone who's, like, a god butcher? Or yeah. You know? Uh, it, it's funny we're comparing him to another Batman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who's, who's the better MCU villain? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's where I would that's where I would put him as. But Christian Bale is a uh, he, he he gave a great performance. He did, especially in the beginning. Like he didn't even he was eating the fruit and he didn't even wash his mouth or clean his face or anything. <laughs> he just went on with the scene with all the fruit all over his face. You know? Yeah, like for he me, did make it look good. Yeah, he did. <laughs> that fruit looked juicy, man. Yeah. yeah. Um, for me, it, it was. It was like half and half, kind of. Like, the beginning of the movie, I really liked it. At the end of the movie, I really liked it. But something in that middle. Middle, I feel right, like yeah. it's, it was, um, the tone of the movie is what kind of screwed up the villain, I think. It it didn't really match the first and end of the movie. It's just, uh, it, it feels so tragic that he played it and very real. And then in that middle half of the or middle portion of the movie, he was playing it more of a, like um, like like Joker. the Joker, <laughs> you know what I mean? But more more maybe a little bit on the Jared Leto side, <laughs> a little bit um, with that, with that voice and all that stuff. And maybe it's just because of the clash of tones between his backstory and you know what everything else. And like you said, Joe, maybe maybe what. Taika was kind of going for in the movie. Yeah. Like how but, he cut off the yeah. snake in front of the kids and he's trying to get them to... Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I weirdly thought that that was funny. <laughs> I felt like that was a very Jared Leto Joker type of joke. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why I laughed at that now looking back on it. I was like, whoa. But no, I, I understand with you. It it. it it just it gives you mixed emotions because it was it seemed incoherent, um, and I think if they would have, you know, if they would have played it a, a little bit more serious, or I don't know, I, I think it would have given given Gore the God Butcher. It would have made him more menacing and more feared, uh, but I I think they could have uh, just kept him one tone, and then it would have adjusted the uh the tone of you know uh thor valkyrie and mighty thor you know basically you know they you know for for the majority of the beginning of the movie you know it's more jokey and stuff and then they could have used that middle section especially in the shadow realm where they could have i don't know they could have been more scared and it and even though they were trying to he was trying to do the whole psychotic joker thing i don't think he needed to do that he could have just been like more scary gore the bot uh the gore the god butcher they did a lot more of talking than showing for gore they should have showed like they've been saying oh gore keeps killing all these gods and all that stuff but it's like we never really see him do it um besides the beginning of the movie and then a few clips it's just a montage too (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) of the clips yeah (laughs) yeah the aftermath Mm -hmm. And which is, I would have liked to see maybe one, maybe two quick scenes of him actually going up to a god and like killing them. Mm-hmm. But maybe uh, it's a bit s- suspicious to me that they made this movie an hour and 59 minutes 
basically I think they mandated it to be two hours max and something about it does feel like it was rushed mm-hmm. I don't like that yeah yeah because I mean they obviously show him um you know obtaining the necro sword and he killed that first god um, I don't even yeah. remember what his name was but I, I think one more on-screen death would have been good, like, leading up to it. Like, he's going on a rampage uh, a la uh, Thanos in uh, Infinity War. Exactly, yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. So, uh, for my half of the double feature, um, only, I'm only because I'm really glad that I prepared a second question. Because <laughs> uh, the question I had was very similar to to, to Jeremy's, but... Uh, Jeremy, I'm sure you'll recall during our MCU rewatch, to put it nicely, uh, we thought the Thor and Jane storyline was a mixed bag. Mm. And Mm -hmm. so my question to you both, and Jeremy, we'll start with you, so it'll give uh, Joash a little bit of time to kind of think about it. Jeremy, how uh, how did their dynamic in Thor, Love and Thunder affect your views on their relationship as a whole? As a whole? <laughs> I don't know if it completely, like, redeems the previous movies. Mm-hmm. I definitely think it was an improvement. Uh, okay. Just because it, they weren't so like, oh, he's he's a god and I'm just this scientist or whatever. It's um, it, They felt more equal to each other. And I felt like that was more appropriate in the way that they looked each other at each other. It was a bit silly, the montage. But it was supposed to be, so... Uh, and yeah. I found it funny. So it was in that same vein of what was like Thor doing during like Civil War and like with Daryl. Daryl made a cameo. Yeah, he did. Yeah. And so <laughs> I enjoyed that. But I think it, it was an improvement. Um, I wish the dramatic scenes actually hit better. But I think that's everything. All the dramatic scenes in this movie, when it tried to get serious, it just couldn't for some reason. I think because they were trying to rush everything. So, yeah. Mm. Uh, which, uh, I guess, which scene kind of disappointed you? I mean, uh, in terms of uh, uh, the dramatic scenes that you were talking about. Like, which one in particular are you thinking of? Uh, the one I was thinking was when they're on their way to the Shadow Realm and they're both, uh, or Thor went out there, he petted Stormbreaker for a little bit. See, it's like that little thing where it's like a little, this comedic scene where he like pets stormbreaker feeds it beer or whatever and then oh, I, love has, that. <laughs> I mean that's it's nice but then when you follow it up with a very dramatic oh i have cancer scene oh. um it's it it's like what do i how do i how am i supposed to feel about this you know it, um maybe that could have worked that that joke and then followed up by something very serious if you had time to kind of do the ebb and flow of the dialogue but it felt like it's like oh we're just jumping from bullet point to bullet point. Mm. Okay, okay. Joe, so um, do you think uh, their dynamic in Thor and uh, Love and Thunder, do you think it kind of redeemed their whole relationship that they, I guess, established in Thor and Thor the Dark World? Uh, I feel like it did, honestly. Uh, because we didn't get a great insight, I feel, into their relationship in in Thor the Dark and the Dark World also. Um and then it just cut off when we got to Ragnarok without really any explanation as far as other than just uh, them splitting up. It was a mutual or, breaking yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mutual It was dumping, a mutual yeah. breaking up. Yeah. Mutual dumping, yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and so I feel the flashbacks to 
all the flashbacks to their relationship and everything that happened with that uh, that they showed in this movie. Um, I felt it it helped make things a lot clearer and put the pieces together and sort of redeemed uh, their relationship and made it more sense made it make more sense to me um, so yeah. I appreciated that how they went back and they uh, touched up upon that okay. well was there one highlight that you that you really liked uh, uh, that was featured in Thor Love and Dun- Thunder with both of them was there a particular scene where you felt like their chemistry kind of shined yeah it was uh, when uh, when they get back from the uh, the fight and the on the uh, in the shadow realm on that planet and they uh, and she's in the hospital bed, you know, oh, and they're just yeah. uh, they're just there talking to each other and you know him telling her that you know the the hammer is killing you and that he can't he can't uh, Thor saying he can't lose her, you know, mm-hmm. uh, because he loves her and. Um, begging her to please you know not use the hammer again and everything and you know that part i felt um you know hit for me so okay you know what i actually agree with both of you actually for me i feel like the like the first half i i you know what strangely enough i like the montage it was a little silly uh but i felt like it added a little bit of uh i don't know i felt i felt like i feel like each relationship has those silly moments and i felt like it it uh accurately portrays how you know certain couples kind of go through that lovey-dovey stage and then you know you get to kind of see with uh like like some of the things that happen the dominoes that kind of led to their relationship ending the first time but other than that montage i felt like the like the the beginning part when they get reintroduced. Yeah. It was pretty funny when <laughs> Thor realizes Jane, I just love that how he says it, but um, like their interactions were, I, I wouldn't say that it, it, it missed for me for the most part in the, in the first half, even though I think Taika was trying to portray like how awkward these things can be when exes kind of come across each other after i guess eight years seven months and six days yeah um but then starting with joe ash's uh scene the one you know the hospital bed scene where you know you get to learn the stakes of um jane using mjolnir and how it's killing her uh and if she uses uh mjolnir one more time like basically she she'll probably end up dying I felt like from that scene on, it did work for me, um, especially then. I, I really liked the uh, Thor scene where he's basically telling Gore the God Butcher, um, you know, I choose love. Mm. And, you know, it, it's really up to you. And and you know what? I'm going to, you know, I'm going to use my last moments to be with the one that I love. And I, and I felt like I was like, oh, that, that kind of hit in, in the feels a little bit, even though I was like, dude, why am I feeling some type of way about a, a, a couple that I didn't really care for the first two and a half movies. <laughs> yeah. So I, there was that, there was that inner conflict there. Yeah. I agree with you. They're like that, that hospital bed scene was, was actually really good. And it set the tone for the rest of the movie, which is, it's just that middle of the movie, man. It's, it's, yeah. So kind it of a mixed dr- bag. Mm-hmm. It dragged a lot. Um, yeah. And- but without the middle of the movie, we wouldn't have gotten a uh, Russell Crowe, uh, like, Lifting his uh, 
The little that's skirt when he's going down. <laughs> I forgot about that. That's uh, that's actually one of my favorite parts of the movie. But uh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> oh man, guys, yeah, we're. I think we're going to probably get into that in the, our second half of the episode. But before we do that, um, I want to ask our audience a question. We'd love to hear back from you guys, and I want to ask, what's your favorite Thor movie? So. I guess that would be solo Thor movie because he's been in a bunch of movies. So that would include Thor, Thor the Dark World, Thor Ragnarok, and now Thor Love and Thunder. Uh, I guess this is a spoiler, or I guess I'll tease it a little bit, that we're going to be putting Thor Love and Thunder in our MC ranking near the end of the episode. Um, but that's just a little teaser for later. Ken, if they want to find us or tell us, their answer to that question, where can they find us? Well, they can uh, send us DMs or mentions on Twitter and Instagram, at Weekly Real. Uh, also, we have a Facebook and a TikTok, at Weekly Real Pod, uh, for the TikTok. But if you want to send us a more, uh, I guess, detailed answer, you can email us at weeklyrealpod at gmail.com. Yeah, guys, I'm looking forward to the second half. We're going to get into more of these scenes, but before we do that, let's take a quick break. All right, guys, welcome back from the break. And so, uh, Joe, actually, I mean, you're not a stranger to the uh, the podcast. Well, we've reached that part of the uh, the podcast where we hand out our weekly real awards. And uh, this episode is no different. And so for Thor, Love and Thunder, obviously a lot of comedic scenes. I mean, Taika Waititi's, uh, I feel like that's a signature. And so the first award that we're going to give out is the Get Help Award. Obviously, that's from Ragnarok. Uh so I feel like it's fitting to start off uh, this episode or for the weekly real uh, for the weekly real awards. And so, Joash, who would you give your get help award for favorite comedic scene? All right, for me the uh, the most comedic scene was uh, the whole sequence with Russell Crowe and uh, just uh, <laughs> how he portrayed Zeus and uh, you know all of his actions, everything he did, everything he said from like getting up from his chair to walking down the stairs, all of that. Uh, it was just, uh, uh, there's so many, there's so many great laughs throughout the movie, but, uh, that one stood out to me. Uh, yeah. And so I, I would choose that. Although there are a lot of contenders, of course, but yeah. Yeah. I feel like the, uh, the hit just literally, uh, him walking down the stairs and holding up a skirt, just like that visualization, especially since, you know, when you, when you think of Russell Crowe in those, I guess that time period, you're thinking yeah. Maximus from freaking Gladiator, and this is a complete 180 from that. Yep, I was like, Maximus, what happened to you? <laughs> <laughs> oh my uh, but, god, but that, too good. that scene well, wasn't a bit weird. To, I don't know if you guys noticed it either, but remember when Zeus fl- well everyone's gonna remember Zeus flicks uh Thor's robes off and everyone like faints <gasps> or like passes out right yeah and I, of course that's like a funny gag and all that stuff but then in the next shot after kind of reacting everyone's just back up on their feet I found like that was a really weird like edit yeah that that it just they're just like saying oh okay they just I guess just stood up yeah i mean it would have been nice if maybe you could 
could have shown like maybe someone may have already been up, but maybe some people are coming too, and then they're trying to get up and. You know, yeah. I don't know. There was that weird disconnect. I was like, oh, they're just back yeah. to standing all regal like again. <laughs> I do remember that <laughs> scene. Oh, man. Well, uh, Jeremy, do you want to reveal what your winner is for the Get Help Award? Yeah, mine's actually going to be the when they have that town hall meeting after the attack in New Asgard. And then they're all like just hanging out there trying to figure out a plan how to save the kids and all that stuff but i like when thor is trying to like get mjolnir like i think jane's just kind of standing there talking and all that stuff and he's like come on like come to papa and all that stuff and then like stormbreaker slowly comes into frame oh there you are oh there you are <laughs> See, that, that was like uh one of the times it re- that that joke really worked for me but then it over time, it did, the joke did get a little old, but that was yeah. the time where it was at its peak. <laughs> yeah, I think so, too. There was uh, definitely a lot of diminishing returns with that joke. It was funny in the beginning, uh, especially with uh, Stormbreaker being a little bit more temperamental and playing the jealous uh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> weapon uh, to the axe of Mjolnir. And so, yeah. yeah, it's a complicated relationship. Uh, actually, I mean, I'm surprised. I have two, and I'm surprised you guys didn't mention both of them. Hmm. One quickly. This is not my real one, uh, but dude, in the beginning, this is how the the I was like, dude, this movie is gonna be really good. When Thor is summoned, summoned in the beginning, the opening battle to to yeah. help them win the battle. Yeah. And Ooh. dude, specifically that one part where Thor, he's got two of these like, um, I guess speeders come in his way from opposite directions yeah. <laughs> and him like doing the whole you would think that he, you know like he's gonna like destroy him right away but no he just does this weird f- splits thing and has <laughs> both one and he's got this real intense look and then it just pans out and i'm like i lost it when that scene happened yeah and then dude even like a little bit later after that when he does a spinning kick yes. uh, on that one thing I, I was just like dude it was classic 80s or 70s like martial arts or something dude, like that. i'm glad you brought it out i'm gonna just jump in uh, I was like, dude, is this Jean? Is this a Jean Claude Van Damme reference? And then yes. with, with the splits, right? I'm like, ah, oh, surely not. It's like, yeah, they're, they're just going with the '80s references and all that stuff because they also played only time in the beginning, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that was famously used in a Jean Claude Van Damme commercial for Volvo, also doing the splits. You should go look it up. <laughs> I will now now that you're telling me <laughs> and they use that song and then they did the splits for that speeder thing and then the roundhouse kick I was like yeah I need Jean-Claude Van Damme now versus Thor <laughs> <laughs> they should totally uh, actually have Jean-Claude Van Damme as a uh, as a cameo because I mean dude if if they can have uh, freaking St- Sylvester Stallone be like a recurring cameo in Guardians of the Galaxy they could do that in the Thor universe for sure yeah, yeah see, that's all I want yeah well my real uh, winner for the Get Help Award has got to be round two of uh, the theater <laughs> we get Matt Damon back oh, as Loki yeah. <laughs> Luke Hemsworth <laughs> back as Thor Sam Neill as Odin and then <laughs> Melissa McCarthy as Hela Dude, just like the sequel uh, where they just reenact that one scene uh, in, I guess, was it no- was Norway? Or no, wait. Yeah. Uh, what's the city? Yeah, yeah. They Wait, they're recreating. New t- new, in Tunsburg. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? 
Um, and they just reenact the scene where Odin dies, and they did the, the gold sparkles, yeah. and then you get uh, Matt Damon uh, spraying his face so that he looks. <laughs> and yeah. then you get the the whole like wardrobe change. You get the Mjolnir throw and subsequent subsequent. Uh, dude, the whole thing was so <laughs> it's so good. It was pure <laughs> pure comedy. Yeah. Did you guys like that, that one more or better than the Ragnarok play? I'd say equal. I think overall this one was better, but just because the the Ragnarok one was first and it was totally unexpected, I think th- the first one had more impact. Mm. Like I also like to compare it to my favorite comedic scene, Town Hall Meeting, the way they. Uh, introduce it with uh, you know Matt Damon is there and he's like oh are we gonna make another play and all that stuff dude. I love how they had a second appearance I love yeah. that scene and they're just like all uh, wearing their kind of as guardian casual wear yeah yeah it looked like they were trying to you know be screenwriters or something yeah thespians thespians <laughs> thespians well guys let's get into our next award the Avengers Assemble Award for favorite scene. Joe Ash, who would you give the award to? Uh, I would say just uh, I mean there there are a few different ones for me that I really love, um, but I think I would say the uh, the scene when uh, Jane is first introduced as a Mighty Thor when she, you know, she comes down and uh, is fighting <laughs> with everyone fighting off all the shadow monsters and everything and. Oh, the first thing you only see is Mjolnir just going, just going around, and uh, <laughs> and Thor uh, asks Valkyrie, "Oh, who's that guy?" And then she's like, "Oh, that guy. I, I think you'll like that guy." <laughs> um, and then you just get Mjolnir just wrecking all of the shadow monsters and and going all the way, like inches away from Thor, and then being called back to Jane. <laughs> And then his reaction to Jane. Jane? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. good. And just kind of add to the thing. I love the unexpected, like how Mjolnir like breaks up into the, its original pieces yeah. mm-hmm. and wrecks everything. And then it comes back and it does the whole, uh, it just reforms itself. I thought that was pretty cool. It was unexpected. Yeah. yeah. That was awesome. Yeah, See, so that, that was, was a really good scene. I was almost going to choose that one because it's a really good action sequence, and it's yeah. a good way to introduce the mighty Thor. Uh, I wish they didn't show it off in the movie. I mean, the trailer though, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> one thing I guess gripe, but whatever. Uh, my the, favorite the whole, scene. Uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, no, it's all good. What were you going to say? No, it was the whole. Um, uh, what is it called? Uh, the whole Batman versus Superman. Uh, <laughs> thing in the trailer again oh yeah not as bad as doomsday that's for (laughs) sure doomsday is like one of the things i was like and it was i think that was like a trailer too yeah uh, for batman versus superman yeah my god why did they reveal so much in the trailer can't they just like leave some stuff to the actual movie Oh, by the way, one one last thing on on Joe Ash's thing. I love the uh, juxta uh, juxtaposition. I probably butchered that the pronunciation of that. But did you God remember it? in Infi- Infinity War where uh, Star Lord like literally is? Um, I don't know. I felt like he was like trying to compensate for Thor yeah. being the 
what was it the pirate angel <laughs> yeah. or something like that and then you know how like he was trying to like make himself to be big and, and then i love like how in this movie after you know thor realizes that uh you know jane is mighty mighty thor or whatever and then he like busts out with his own version of his new outfit and then he even had like the bigger helmet yeah <laughs> you could tell he just wanted to one-up uh jane i guess that that look is like oh you stole my look <laughs> and then he was like oh i gotta make it i gotta one-up it and i was like <laughs> oh shoot and then, and then he got claustrophobic. And eventually, like, then the reveal happens. It's like, Jane? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like how actually Star-Lord was almost being... He fanboyed a little bit about Thor. Yeah, when Thor did. was... What, what was his catchphrase? Um, this oh, ends shit. here and now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This. <laughs> it's like, there it is. <laughs> like, Star-Lord <laughs> actually got excited. I thought that was a good, good one. Yeah. yeah. Um, my favorite, though, for... That I'm going to give for the Avengers Assemble Award. Ah... Uh, I'm going to go with the opening scene. I think it really sold me on the backstory of Gore. And yeah. I feel like Christian Bale is a little wasted in the movie. I feel yeah. like they could have expanded so much more, give him more screen, more meaningful screen time. I feel like they cut out the things that would have made more weight for the that character. Mm-hmm. But the opening scene, I was like, dang, how is this movie not going to be good? Yeah, because usually villains, <laughs> like usually villains, are the the basically hinges whether or not the movie's good for these superhero movies, like when Wu, Thanos, Loki, it's Malachi. like Killmonger, Killmonger, Killmonger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's I was like, okay, this is gonna be another top tier movie. Uh, spoiler alert. Not quite. So, but I'm still gonna really give that opening scene uh, a thumbs up from me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I I I liked it. It was a it was a different way. Again, I like how Marvel Studios has been um, kind of playing around with their cold openers, and this one was actually a really good one, and because it was different, and mm-hmm. you kind of get a i guess a peek into what ultimately his motivations were when they were revealed at the end because i'm glad you mentioned that because my favorite scene is the very end um you know i you know just i feel like what made gore the god butcher i guess relatable is that uh you know you saw his struggles he lost everything he prayed to the gods lost his daughter it was really heartbreaking yeah. it was a really good opening scene and they laughed at him and and then his his rage and revenge uh drove him so much and obviously you know he was under the uh the i guess uh under the what's it not impression but you know he was under the Influence. spell basically <laughs> of the necro sword yeah, you know true. what i mean so he was uh, corrupted and uh so eventually you know, you he got reminded that love really is like what his true motivations were because of his daughter and everything. And Thor reminded him, like, hey, you know, you, you can do whatever you want. You're you're basically at eternity now. You can wish for her to come back. And even though it was more of a kind of a touchy feely type of scene or whatever, I, I felt like it worked a lot. I felt like yeah. it even though that middle section that we've kind of like kind of uh ranted about i guess in this episode <laughs> i felt like it it salvaged that middle part a little bit it didn't salvage it all the way but i felt like it did a really good job 
in landing the movie, mm-hmm. which is yeah. weird because usually MCU's, especially in what, Phase Four TV shows, they've had a, they've had trouble landing uh, like the endings of these some of these shows. Um, so, um, I love that. I love that yeah. uh, scene. I want to mention something real quick, and I know you guys are going to probably agree with me. Was it just me, or when in that ending scene? And I think Thor was walking to Jane because Jane's like slowly dying and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, we're we're all assuming that Gore is going to be like, oh, I want all gods to die. And Thor's walking away and he's like, don't you dare. Are you turning your back on me? I'm like, <laughs> it's like Batman. <laughs> like he used his Batman voice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was, he went from Joker to Batman we're like real quick. Swear to me. Don't you, don't you turn your back on me. Yeah, don't you turn your back on me. <laughs> hey, but I, I understood it. it was more Batman Begins than Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, he was not as raspy. It was, it was a little bit more normal Batman, yeah. Batman Begins. It was the good yeah. voice. I have no idea. I swear to God. <laughs> swear to me. Yeah, they should have they used that again. Swear I swear to me. God. <laughs> I don't know where the necrosword is. Swear to me. <laughs> where are the other trucks going? Where? Where are they? <laughs> oh, shoot. Okay. Well, anyway, let's get right back on track. Sorry. <laughs> Went off on that Batman Nolan uh, trilogy uh, tangent. Anyway, let's get right into our next award. The Why is Gamora Award for Favorite Quote? And obviously, this is Taika Waititi's specialty. A lot of one-liners, a lot of funny jokes. Uh, Joe Ash, do you have a favorite or possible favorites? Yeah, I have a favorite. Uh, it might not be as serious, but uh, it's a uh, it's three simple words. Uh oh. Uh oh. It's eat my hammer. <laughs> eat my hammer. Yeah, that's my favorite line in the whole movie. It. it came perfectly and it just uh you know it it helped like solidify chain as a character just you know trying to <laughs> trying to come up with a a catchphrase at the same catchphrase. time well, yeah at they the same needed, time well they, they needed arnold to coach them on one-liners yeah i know yeah, arnold's the king yeah <laughs> yeah it well just, let me ask you this josh since you mentioned uh the i guess the catchphrase if you had to guess what do you think the uh, the catchphrase that Jane thought of, like while she was about to die? What is, what do you think she whispered? Do you want to do you want to try to give a guess? Oh shoot! Uh, it's hammer time. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. There you go. Yeah. There. Do you think they're gonna reveal that in Thor five? I hope so. <laughs> oh, man. <sighs> He'll he'll come up with the thing and then he'll adopt it. It's like oh, yeah. that was Jane's. Yeah, I like it's hammer time. I think I'll, that I feel like that's my favorite. Yeah, <laughs> it's a silly answer. I think they they, they would probably use. Mm-hmm. I have. The it high has ground. to be right. Wait, what? I have the high ground. <laughs> <laughs> I have the high ground. <laughs> Just like her lover. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Rest in peace. Well, I mean, she what? I mean, she is Padme. Yeah, true. And Nick Fury was um Nick. Wait, Nick Fury was Mace Windu. Nick Fury. <laughs> Nick Fury. <laughs> Nick Fury. <laughs> Dude, I didn't catch that the first time. Yeah. 
But the second time, I was like, Nick Furry. I was I was dying just randomly. <laughs> so, furries exist in the MCU confirmed. So, <laughs> I, I guess so. Fury is wow. one of them. Oh, man. Well, Jeremy, do you have a uh, favorite quote? Uh, why is Gamora Award winner? Yeah, it's when they're leaving New Asgard and, you know, Thor is trying to give his speech and all that stuff. It's like, I, I, I couldn't find the exact quote, so I'm kind of paraphrasing, I think. He's like, we will find the children we will bring them back, and we will feast. <laughs> <laughs> but not on the children. But not on the not children. On the Those were dark times. <laughs> it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> or is a cannibal confirmed? Yeah, I know. I was like, whoa. <laughs> it reminded me of that exact scene from The Office where, uh, where Dwight was talking about, you know, uh, his family history. And, uh, you know, during the winters, when there wasn't much food, they had to eat the weakest um, of the brood, and then he was like, "Oh, oh, we never ate the children. It never came to that." <laughs> wow. Oh man, you know I'm surprised that like, dude, I have I wrote down three. I just wanted to make sure that you know there weren't any repeats. I have one I'm more, gonna... just in case. Yeah, no, no go no, ahead. No, no. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. No, you go first. I feel like my second one is funny if if you don't take it. <laughs> no, no, you know what? Because I, I want to make sure that I mention all three of mine. So go ahead no, and no, go no. first. Do all three of yours. Watch. I, I doubt you got mine. Okay. I'll let you know if all you right, well, <laughs> I'm going to try to mention them as quickly as, uh, like, the shortest to longest because uh, the last one's kind of long. That's what she said. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for it. Uh, anyway. That's, oh, shoot. <laughs> Dude, you missed it. Come That's on, also dude. what she said. Dang it. All right. So, <laughs> Thor. I mean, if two of them are for uh, that Thor mentioned, the first one is uh, when he when he's got that confrontation with uh, Gore the God Butcher in the Shadow Realm. He goes, "I'll call the axe when you call the dentist." Yeah. That, that oh, was a quick yeah. one liner. I love that one because obviously, dude, his teeth look really jacked up in the in the Shadow Realm because mm-hmm. it was just black and white. Yeah. The second one. He's talking to Lady Sif in kind of oh, near the yeah. beginning. Yeah. He's like, and, and like Sif was like dying. It's like, well, at least, you know, like I'm going to die and I'll end up in Valhalla. It's like, well, technically you have to actually die in the battle itself to get to Valhalla. Don't worry. Your arm is probably in Valhalla. Dude, I hella lost it. It's kind of a dark joke, yeah. but I was dying, yeah. dude. Uh, that was my second one. And the third one, I think my favorite one is just like that opening story that korg is telling and then he's getting to the the recap of where thor you know obviously didn't work out with jane he's like sadly in the battle for love thor lost in fact he lost a lot of people in those (laughs) days his mom his dad and that guy and that guy and whoever that is (laughs) i'm telling dude the 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 fact that they yada yada the warriors three was just so funny to me i i think i laughed probably so hard uh more than anyone else should have. And then he mentions Heimdall and then his brother and his, and his brother, brother again. again, yeah. again. And, <laughs> and I was like, dude, that's time. my, <laughs> yeah, that, that shit. I was, dude, I was dying. Yeah. That's a good <laughs> was my one. favorite. <laughs> Jeremy, go ahead. I, I hope I didn't spoil any of your second No, you one. didn't. My uh, other favorite quote was, Oh yeah, I was about to say that. Oh my god! (laughs) Because the goats, I thought like, okay, yeah. Sometimes it was overused, but for the most part, I was dying because it's especially the shots where it's just 
very wide angle zoomed out. Like I think they landed on the shadow realm, right? Yeah, the they shadow did. realm. Yeah. Boom. Ah! I was like, yeah, I'm like, damn, these goats. Yeah. They were the remember goats when the they remember when they had to like leave uh and then they landed back in new asgard and mm-hmm. then they all like crashed and it was, ah! <laughs> <laughs> I was like it fell. <laughs> ah, damn those things oh my god uh, i yeah thank you for mentioning the goats thank you. Uh, the, and the goat boat <laughs> <laughs> you mean yeah. uh seth curry and uh michael jordan <laughs> yeah exactly i mean i mean certain people recently have called steph curry the second best player of all time yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say. I'm not mad at that. I don't yeah. think he's right, but I'm not mad at it. <laughs> anyway, let's get back into Thor: Love and Thunder. <laughs> we have reached the part of the episode where we are guessing the Rotten Tomato score. So, current score is I'm actually up, and the clubhouse favorite to repeat as champion. I'm at 32. Jeremy is close behind. All he needs is one first place. And one last place for me, and he's right back in the thick of things. He's at 25. Andrea is at 14. And so uh, since Andrea has not actually watched Thor Love and Thunder just yet, so Joash, you're actually going to be guessing on behalf of Andrea. So um, what would you give your Rotten Tomato guess for Thor Love and Thunder? Uh, First of all, I'm sorry, Sorry. Andrea, if I I mess it up. So, I'll say uh, 75. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's really close to my guess. But Jeremy, before we get to my guess, go ahead and uh, <sighs> give your guess. Man, I, I feel like it was hard. And I feel like now that that's we tied, now that you said that, I'm guessing, seven. I guess 72%. 72? Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Um, I went a little higher um, than Joe Ash. I guess 76%. So we're all pretty close. So let me go ahead and check this out right now. Thor, 69%. 11%. <laughs> I was waiting I for wish. it. <laughs> hey, that would be... Fitting. Fitting. Yeah. And actually, that 69% is actually the closest, even though no one guessed it. Uh-huh. At 356 reviews, Thor Love and Thunder, still fresh, at 68 Seven percent. Uh, sorry, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. Just too, just too off. Yeah. Two percent. But uh, I mean, and what was it uh, Jeremy? You you guessed the lowest. You, so you got three points. Nice. Correct. Yep. You're at now twenty eight. Uh, what was your guess again? You seventy five, right? Joe. Joe Ash. Oh yes. Sorry. Yes, seventy five. Okay. So you got Andrea uh, a single point for second place, and I think I, I jinxed myself. <laughs> I got <laughs> third place. Take it. <laughs> and so with, we only have two movies left, mm-hmm. Jeremy. Of the season. Things have tightened up. <laughs> it is. What she said. Yeah, I was, I was <laughs> <laughs> I am now, oh man, my point, uh, my my lead just got cut in half, essentially. It's 32 for me, 28 for Jeremy, and Andrea at 15. And so Jeremy still has an, a, a good shot at stealing the season four title. So, guys, last award. And, you know, with these MCU uh, movies, I mean, it's only feeling, fitting that we do give out our I Love You 3000 award where we rate the movie on a rating scale between 1 and 3,000. But with these MCU movies, not only are we giving our rating, but 
we are also giving a ranking. But in Joe Ash's case, you know, we'll see where he puts it in his MCU tier. Because yeah. um, if you listen to our last episode on Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, he usually gives um, movie tiers and not actual straight up uh, n- numeric rankings. And so, yeah. Joe Ash, <laughs> how would you rate Thor Love and Thunder on a rating of 1 to 3,000? Um, uh, from 1 to 3,000. I was gonna give my regular uh, twenty seventy, but uh, <laughs> what does that equal to, by the way? Uh, I don't know, about sixty eight point five percent or something, rounded up. <laughs> rounded up. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'll, I'll go with I'll go with uh, let's see, twenty three out of three thousand, so twenty three hundred. 2300 i was about to say that was a really low score dang you really hated it no really 2300 like it. what is that equal to that's uh what is that ken uh 76.6 percent oh, okay okay uh that's that was actually my guess for the rotten tomato score uh so where would you have it for your like in terms of your tiers hmm. um you know like tier one is uh you know end game infinity war you know, mm-hmm. Civil War, Winter Soldier, Iron Man 1, stuff like that. You know, and then Tier 2 is uh, stuff like uh, Shang-Chi and, um, uh, you know, Multiverse of Madness and um, things Dark like World. that. So I, <laughs> Dark World, yeah. Dark World's <laughs> Tier 1. Above Tier 1. Um, God level. <laughs> yeah. If Morbius, if Morbius were in the MCU, it would... It'd be above that too. It'd be S level, S tier. So, uh, it's Morbius time. Yeah, it's Morbin time. Morbin time. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, too good. Yeah, so I would put it in tier three, about, which is I mm. would, uh, let's see, uh, I would put it in around the same category as, uh, maybe Captain America one, which I really like, um. Also, uh, Age of Ultron, which I really like, too. Um, and, uh, you know, movies like that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that, okay. that would be it. Fair Here's enough. I, I yeah. think I have a, a, a pretty good idea of where you got uh, Thor Love and Thunder uh, around. Yeah. So it's probably, like, really in the middle, strictly yeah. in the middle. Because I think awesome. this is now the 29th uh, theatrical release. Yeah of of uh the mcu so uh, so round like 15 ish yeah by the way okay. ragnarok is in tier one also so just oh yeah there you go there you go yeah <laughs> thanks for uh reminding yeah. us of that yeah. uh that uh the audience question just under dark good job you're a pro you're yeah. a pro <laughs> jeremy where where would you uh what would you rate um thor love and thunder on the i love you 3000 scale well, this is actually not a joke, though. I'm actually giving it a 2070 out of 3,000. <laughs> <laughs> this is for real. Nice. nice. I, I actually do give it a 69%. Um, and it's just funny that Joe Ash is here to give to, for me to, <laughs> to <laughs> give that score. Yeah. Um, my updated kind of ranking, I, I got to update my, my full list. Um, now, I'm just going to throw out some movies where it kind of is. So 15 at number 15 is Iron Man 3. Okay. 16 Ant-Man, 
and then 17, Thor, Love, and Thunder, and then below that is actually Multiverse of Madness. Oh, okay. oh my goodness. Okay. Is that where you had uh, Multiverse of Madness last time? No, it was actually higher, Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. Yeah, I just I rewatched Iron Man three. I'm like, this is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I really like yeah. that movie. Yeah, yeah. So, it's a more it's you know a what? more Tony Stark movie as opposed to uh, Iron Man, which I really like. Yeah, but he is yeah. Iron Man. Yeah, exactly. He is. <laughs> yeah, there yeah. you go. <laughs> um, you know what? Uh, I, I think we're all thinking uh, just like the Doctor Strange movie at the time. I feel like we, we were pretty much all in the same area, and you know what? This movie is no different. Um, I actually, just to kind of give an update on my rankings, I did uh, move Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness a little bit further down below. That I used to actually have that 12th. I moved that down to 14th. Okay. Thor Love and Thunder is right at 15. Oh, wow. Okay. And then mm. Spider-Man Homecoming is 16th. Mm. Okay. Right above it, yeah. Yeah. It's... Yeah, that might be a hot take. I might have to re- re- review that again. But yeah. uh, there was another change that I made. I actually moved Iron Iron Man three above uh, Eternals. I don't know why I actually had Eternals. <laughs> recency bias, <laughs> recency bias. <laughs> so I flip flop those. Okay. <laughs> so I feel like it's still a work in progress. My rankings. Yeah. So, but yeah, fourteen multiverse of madness, Thor: Love and Thunder at fifteen, and then Homecoming at sixteen. Yeah. Sorry, Homecoming. All right. Well, you know what? Let's, uh, you know, we're, I think we're pretty almost done with this week. And so with that being said, Jeremy, do you want to preview what we have coming for next week? Yeah. Next week, we follow the story of Josie, who rarely goes out because of her inability to walk. But one day she meets a boy in Josie, the tiger and the fish, the anime movie. Which I heard is pretty good, and we're gonna check it out. Um, I honestly didn't want to write too much for the preview. I didn't want to spoil myself or Ken because we haven't. Neither of us have seen the movie yet, and I want to go in as as clean as possible. Yeah, yeah. Unblown. And, and plus, so. <laughs> <laughs> and, and plus, Andre will be making her triumphant return uh, to the actual podcast, and so um, she actually hasn't seen it as well. And so, uh, yeah, it, it, I'm looking forward to us three watching a brand new movie, just like what the three of us ended up watching this week. Um, you know, we could watch it with fresh eyes. Uh, but this particular movie did come out in 2020, and I believe it's available to rent on Apple and Prime Video. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, right, Jeremy? Yeah, it's there. It's there for, yeah. I think the English version is there for cheaper than the <laughs> Japanese version. Japanese version is a little bit pricier, but it's it's there. It's only a dollar. Yeah. <laughs> to rent. Yeah. <laughs> to rent. Yes. Correct. And so, yeah, be, be on the lookout for that. Uh, and then, you know, our, you could stream our uh, podcasts on all the uh, major platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, uh, what Google Podcasts, all of them, really, Overcast. And so, uh, Joe Ash, before we call this an episode, how can our audience follow you on the social medias. Uh, let's see. Uh, Aspen Lissamoyan. <laughs> there you go. Yep. Um, Beautiful dog, by the way. Yeah, uh, I don't know. You can, you can add me on Instagram. I'm, I'm private, but you can still add. I'll, I'll accept. 
Yeah, just message him. Send him a DM saying yeah. that uh, you want to subscribe to um, <clears throat> certain subscriptions oh, that will fans. remain nameless. No. Uh, I'm just kidding, Joe Ash. <laughs> but um, uh, if you want to, like, I don't know, have a conversation with him uh, on Instagram, talk about his thoughts on Thor, Love and Thunder, or a different movie, uh, I'm, especially a different MCU movie. He's, he's really well-versed in, in, in within the MCU. Multiverse. So definitely send him a message. <laughs> And shoot him a follow. He's a good follow. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, Jeremy, how about you? Uh, yeah, just the usual at JP underscore flicks. Um, notifications have been weird recently. <laughs> Even just. I, it has been weird. <laughs> just DMing Ken, I guess. I was like, hey, Ken, I didn't see your message from two weeks ago. <laughs> Sorry. It they just popped up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. Yeah. I, I've been having problems with Instagram DMs as well. So, I mean, messages that. I see come through and then they're just completely, I don't know, just MIA. Anyway, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at FreeKenA. And so, guys, uh, any final thoughts, anything that we may have missed uh, on this episode that you kind of want to mention for uh, Thor Love and Thunder? Dude, I was pretty sad. I didn't expect this, but I I was like, man, they're really rushing the Jane storyline becoming Mighty Thor. I'm like, dude, she's already there and all that stuff. I guess it makes sense when now looking back, knowing that she's going to die, you know, why they rush it. Do you think that uh, Natalie Portman's Jane Foster will come back in the future or do you think this is it? Joe, do you want to take this one? I have no clue, honestly. (laughs) Would you want to see her back? Oh, yeah. I would love to see her back. no. No, I would love to see her back. Yeah. Um, I I I want to say that this movie kind of salvaged her character a little bit, and if they do some sort of Valhalla, um, like uh, I guess more of that, maybe a little bit of a crossover. Since we're seeing a lot more of the afterlife, we saw it in um, most recently in Moon Knight. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen it in Black Panther with uh, you know, oh my goodness, what's what do they call that place? The uh, I forgot. Oh, you know Black what I'm talking Panther? about? Yeah. In Black Panther, yeah. Remember when they reconnect with the previous generations? Oh yeah. We I think we have a weekly real award named after it. <laughs> I forgot, but you know what ancestral I mean. They, plane? They're, they're, the, yes, ancestral the ancestral plane. plane. Thank you. <laughs> um, you know that now Thor's you know showing Valhalla, especially with uh, with Heimdall. I feel like we're going to get a little bit more uh, of a crossover between the living and the I guess afterlife. Mm, I possibly don't, in Thor four, Thor five. I feel like she's dead, dude. I mean, I feel like she's gone. I don't think she's coming back. I want her to come back because I feel like it was very rushed, and I wanted to see like in the movie was fast. So, I, but at the same time, I have a gut feeling that she's done. I like Mighty Thor, they built that statue just like Batman, <laughs> um, and I think she's done. Sadly, you don't think they're coming back as Force ghosts? <laughs> <laughs> Just mix all the universes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Well, anyway, guys. Uh, oh, I have I one mean, final thought. N- yeah. Oh, you have another final. Okay, sorry about that. Go ahead. Hercules, Hercules, Hercules. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes. Who was that yes. guy, by the way? Not that it's thing. Roy Kent from Ted Lasso. Yeah, he's he he's an <laughs> iconic character in that show. I, I love the show. When I, I think I geeked out. Probably, I was probably like maybe one or two people that 
geeked out on on that Thursday that Joe Ash and I (laughs) saw it. And uh, I was I I sang the song when Joe Ash and and I and his uh, better half saw it a second time. (laughs) It was my third time. But when things okay, pardon my language. But there's a song and it is kind of a not really a spoiler from from Ted Lasso, but like he's got like one of those soccer songs, you know, where they chant and stuff. And so hit for his character is like Roy Kent, Roy Kent, he's here, he's there, he's every fucking where, Roy Kent, Roy Kent. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one of those soccer yeah. songs. It's so uh I don't know. It's crazy because, you know, obviously in Cross the Pond, they like to yeah. swear a little bit more. So yeah. uh, when I saw that, I, dude, I was wanting to, I was just singing that song. I probably sang it really off key. So I apologize <laughs> to the podcast audience. But, dude, if you haven't watched it, I keep pimping the show. Ted Lasso is, the, is my, one of my favorites right now. You know who they should have got to play Hercules to actually reprise his role as Hercules? Uh, Eddie Murphy? Yeah. <laughs> no, the Rock? Oh yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger. (laughs) He actually played Arnold played Hercules in Arnold's first ever movie called Hercules in New York. Oh my goodness! And I would have loved that. No, I'm just kidding. No, that was a really bad movie. Watch it if you want to have a good laugh, though. But oh, I bet. I mean, because he's just coming off of being a bodybuilder, and so he's got like very little acting skills. I mean, it's not. He's like not very little English. I think it was nineteen sixty two, maybe? No. Oh shoot. How how young was he? I think he was like maybe twenty. Wow. Something like that. Wow. Jeez. Around I don't know. Somewhere around there. <laughs> oh man. And with that, uh actually, do you guys have any final what <laughs> any more final thoughts? Sorry. No, nah, I think that's it for me. How about you, Joe? Hey. Nah, I I love the movie, even with all of its uh you know, if all of its ups and downs, its flaws, I I still love it. You okay, know? wait, actually, I, I just love. thought of one. So, oh, good. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, in the end, Gore does wish his daughter back. Why could and then you know, uh, Jane dies and all that stuff. Why couldn't they just be like, hey, Gore, like you, let's let you go to eternity, and uh, let's not have Jane die. <laughs> Or anything, and just wish your daughter back, and you'll be fine. Just like go with the necro sword, and yeah, you know all that stuff, and you could take yeah. care of her. I don't know. You wanted a uh, a compound wish, like yeah. multiple wishes no, within one wish. Yeah, but I'm I'm saying like it feels like it was a kind of a big plot hole where it's like if they just could have talked it out that Gore wasn't really trying to kill all the gods because in the mm. end he just wanted his daughter back. So it's like, why wouldn't they just let him go to eternity? I don't know. I, I felt I felt like some of the gods needed to go. <laughs> I, I, I actually, now that you mentioned, I love how they were talking about. Oh, that you know, I think there was this line where it's like, oh, uh, why he's murdering innocent gods? I was like, no, these gods are some of them are evil, but so not the bow. They needed god. to go. Yeah, not the yeah, bow. Not the, not the bow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you never know what's actually inside a dumpling. Yeah. I know. I know. Ooh. That, it, it made me want to have a bow. Yeah. <laughs> Not an animated one, because that'd be weird, but yeah. a real one. It's okay. Take a bow. <laughs> okay. Well, on that note, Joe Ash, again, thank you for joining the pod. I, and, you know, I know this was actually a super last minute invite. Um, thank you again for filling in. Um, and, 
dude, you killed it again in this uh, <laughs> in this episode. We're definitely really it's, thankful uh, to have you on board. Oh, it's always it's always a pleasure for me. Like I love being on, and you know, it's an honor. So <laughs> thank you. Well, yeah, and and, and you know that uh, you know even though we're nearing the end of season four, uh, dude, there's going to be an open invite for season five, right, Jeremy? Of course, yeah. We always love to have you back. You're always one of our reliable guests here on the show. And it's, it's like you're an honorary member now. I feel like I've been yeah. saying that to a lot of uh, guests recently, but it's it, yeah. you're you're definitely one of those guests that's like always always on the show. So always happy to have you here. Thanks. I uh, appreciate that. I'm always happy to be here. And I'm available for future uh, future shows also. So Yes. So... Obviously, we'll definitely let everyone know once uh, Joe Ash is available, for, um, especially next season on the Weekly Reel podcast. And so um, next Monday again, just like uh, Jeremy mentioned, uh, check out our episode on Josie, the Tiger and the Fish covering another anime movie. It's our first one in a while. And uh, well, on behalf of Jeremy and Dre, who's our social media uh, mogul, and then Joe Ash, our esteemed guest. We'll see you next time on The Real.